Let's give the Lord a big hand. All right, we're going to get uh, Kathy Walters. Anybody here know who Kathy Walters is? Anybody who don't know who Kathy Walters is? Well, you'll really enjoy Kathy. She has such a tremendous uh, anointing. This is the thing that I can tell people about Kathy Walters, okay? Is it's after she's gone, weeks after she's gone normally, where you realize the biggest impact. Something really does happen. When, she's at, when she comes to a place, there's something that happens. It's an ongoing thing. I have heard so many people give me testimonies, and they all and and, 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 and they'll go back to when when Kathy Walters was here. Something happened in their life that's been that's, that's like an ongoing fruit, and that's that's what you want to look for. It's like when I say tell people about Bob Jones. You know, you get around Bob, spiritual things happen. <laughs> you know, you just can't. That's just what happens. And Get around Kathy, spiritual things happen, but there, are, there is a lasting fruit in her ministry, and that's a real sign. Amen? So let's give Kathy a big hand. Lord bless her. And she does get drunk real easy. So. But she has her helpers. Thank you. Yeah, my angel's here. I was thinking this morning, you know, I, just, I love coming to this church. I was thinking, maybe you could adopt me. Did you adopt me? Do you have, like, adoption papers? Can I pay weekly? I do. I tell people. I tell them this. I say, this church that I go to in North Carolina, I say, this pastor is the only pastor I know who says you can do whatever you like and he really means it. (laughs) And I said to somebody, you know, if I went to the front and stood on my head and ate a donut, he'd probably think, well, there must be a reason for this. (laughs) So, anyway. I did um, have some dreams last night too. Now, if you know me at all, how many of you know me at least a little bit? I'm not the kind of person that goes around giving great warning words or heavy words or anything like that. I'm just not. But I did have um, a dream last night and I just had a little caution. Um, I'm just going to throw it out there and leave it. You know, I'm not God, so I can't make anybody respond or receive it. But I saw this church, I saw this church, and I saw the hand of God come and it went up and over like this and it was a protection it was a protection over the church the hand of God and it was, but it was also like a guarding you know what I mean? it was like a guarding and so God is birthing something very special here I mean, you know, every area has the different things from God but God is like it's like he, almost like something's in the womb. And um, I just had a caution about not be careful not to interfere with it, uh, funny enough, by anything you say. So it's really easy, I know, when you're part of a church for a while, you can see the maybe the little idiosyncrasies or little thing that should you know, 
you should, they should do that better or you should, they should do this different. And um, I, anyway, it was just a thing about just being careful what you say. Um, because actually, I don't know if you realise it, but when you say negative things about uh, ministries and churches, you can actually in- interfere with what God is doing at the time. And um, you usually don't come off so well. <laughs> so anyway, I'm just throwing that out there. It's not a great heavy thing or anything like that, you know. I'm not God, thank God. Turn to your neighbour and say, I'm so happy that you're not God. And I'm even happier that I'm not God either. That's actually a relief. Uh, I was saying over the weekend that you know, I think people should get drunk in the spirit all the time. For one thing, drunk people are usually much nicer. <laughs> They're also more generous. I think people should roll out of church. I think that's church. Um, <clears throat> I say too that, you know, I travel all around the world and I notice something that the sharpest people I know in the spirit are the lightest. That big old heavy religious thing, you know, is not spiritual. It's religious, it's soulish. People take on burdens that they shouldn't be taking on because they're not God. I mean, intercessors, you know, if you're an intercessor, your, your responsibility is to get under the anointing. And that's it, because he's the intercessor, actually. And you partake of his intercession. And when that anointing comes on you, you might do some declaring, you might do some warfare, you might do some weeping, you might dance, you might sing, you might fall on the floor, you might laugh. But whatever it is, it lifts. Because it's him and not you. Um, One thing I want to tell you, because I've been clearing this up in a lot of places, there's been a lot of uh, misunderstanding in the past about the laughter. And you know, Rodney Howard Brown actually was persecuted not for the healing, not for the move of the spirit, but for the laughter. He got most persecution because of the laughter. But you know, laughter, that Holy Ghost laughter, is one of the biggest warfare weapons there is. Because God looks on his enemies and laughs and has them in derision. And what happens sometimes, you know, that laughter comes on you, it's because your spirit is picking up on a victory. It's happening, you know, in the heavenly realms. So when you, what happens is when people pick up on that and that laughter comes, they actually grab hold of it and bring it. Bring it down. That's pretty powerful, I would say. So don't quench it out, you know, don't, uh, powerful things happen. And I'm sure you've all had this experience when you've been praying for someone and they're telling you all this terrible stuff, it's awful, and you start laughing. <laughs> and they're looking at you like, you know, <laughs> what's wrong with you? But you say, don't worry about it, honey, because something good is happening. In the spirit realm, say, ha ha, devil. You're going to be sorry. You mess with me. Okay. 
How many of you have been healed when you've been laughing? I have. I've been healed several times when I've been laughing. Because you know that Holy Ghost wine that the angel has? That's God's anesthetic, actually. You notice that's God's anesthetic. Haven't you noticed you, sometimes you've been rolling around the floor and you're drunk in the spirit and you get up and you've got a few things missing? A few religious devils, maybe. Some sickness. Heaviness. See, that's God's operation. Isn't it funny how, how the religious spirits rise up when you get that, the laughter? You know, that revival we were in, in in England, we laughed for three years because God was washing our minds out of all that theology we had. <laughs> so you and we really laughed. And people, you know, the religious people would get so offended, not because of the move of the Spirit or even the glory of God, but because of the laughter. But they didn't realise what was happening, so... I think it's good that, you know, God's bringing some understanding about some things so that we can sit there and receive it instead of working it all out. How many of you, have you had John Scotland here? You want to empty the church? (laughs) How many are familiar with John Scotland? John Scotland, he's from Liverpool. He's been drunk in the spirit for about nine years. It's usually pretty hopeless, but something, things happen, and, but people do get offended. Um, but John has an ability. He doesn't know he's doing it, but he can break every religious spirit in five miles around. You know, and uh, when I was in North Dakota, the pastor said, oh, John Scotland was here last week. We had to go to the hotel half an hour early to find him because he would leave the hotel room and then fall out in the spirit somewhere, you know, and be lying in the plants or... (laughs) Anyway. It does... um... (laughs) It's funny. Okay, the Lord did give me a word this morning, actually. Um... This is my new CD set, by the way, Faith and Angels. It's got all my animal stories and a whole lot about angels. Oh, you know, I wanted to, wanted to tell you about um, Israel. The first time I went to Israel, I, I went to Israel because it wasn't so much I was interested in Israel, even though my husband's Jewish, but I wanted to go to the Catherine Coleman meetings. She was having meetings in Jerusalem, so I was like, whoa. And I lived in England at the time, so it was n- much nearer to go there than to come to America you see I just wanted to see this lady because she was an enigma to me in that you know we were kind of religious and although we were coming into the move of the spirit I threw threw away all my jewellery you know what I mean you know when you go a bit overboard I threw away all my jewellery my makeup you know what I mean I was trying to be very kind of holy or something (laughs) and and I'd heard this, you know, tapes. They had the old tapes of this lady and the anointing was so strong. And then I saw a picture. I freaked out when I saw this picture because she had all this jewellery. You know, and, all this, and I'm thinking, you know, I'm thinking, how can you use her? I mean, she's got all this makeup and all this jewellery all over her. You know, and it just blew my mind. So I have to go check this out. So I went to uh, Jerusalem 
because uh, the meetings were incredible. How many of you have been in Catherine Coleman meetings? They're beautiful anointed, isn't it? As soon as she walks on the platform. And uh, so I was in the meetings, it was great. But during the daytime, we did the touristy thing, you know, and visited all the places where Jesus was. And, uh, well, I know there's nothing in buildings because our inheritance is in the spirit, but I, maybe there was something there, I don't know. But the first place we went to was, they used to call it the Wailing Wall, of course, now it's called the Western Wall. But I was standing there and just watching and kind of praying, you know. And suddenly I felt this tap on my shoulder, I mean, really hard, like this. So I turned around and there was nobody there. But this voice, this angel spoke to me and said, He isn't here. So I just laughed, you know. Then we went to the manger and all that. And everywhere I went, he'd say, he isn't here. And then the, far, the last place we went to was the garden tomb. And it was Sunday morning. There was no one else there, just our group. So we took it in turns to go inside, you know, and pray a little bit, whatever. When it came to my turn, I went in. I was standing there being all reverent, you know. And he said... He certainly isn't here. <laughs> so I started, I started laughing. <laughs> I just started laughing. Anyway, I came out laughing. And I came out like hysterical, really. So nobody spoke to me on the way to the airport. <laughs> I guess they thought I was the most irreverent thing, you know. You know the angels tickle you? The angels hate religious spirits. Did you know that? Angels hate religious spirits. They would disrupt services with their strong religious spirits. Just in case you didn't realise that. They hate religious spirits because religious spirits distort the nature of God. They twist the nature of God in the eyes of the people. Because guess what? He's a good God. Alright. I think there's uh, some things to claim this morning. Bob said something the other night, just a word that got my attention. I can't remember if he said it to me or he said it in the meeting, but he said, now's the time you have to contend for some things. Well, if you know me, let me just, in case you don't, let me explain this. I believe the realm of the spirit, the supernatural realm, the angels, heavenly visitations, the chariots of God, and all that wonderful stuff is meant to be a normal part of your life. It's supposed to be normal. Hello? Say normal. normal. For me. For me. 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 Let's do my little exercise. It always wakes people up a bit. Lift up your Bible. If you haven't got your Bible, put your hand on someone else's. But you should always come to church with your Bible and your checkbook. Say devil. devil. Say this. Mine. Mine, mine, mine. Turn to your neighbour and say honey. honey. Say this. Mine! Mine, mine, mine! So, you know that what I'm going to say today, I'm assuming that you're in the anointing because I'm not going to be assuming that you're going to be working for Jesus. Jesus is not trying to recruit workers for the kingdom, thanks all the same. He's not wanting you to work for him or do stuff for him. He wants to work through you. Big difference. He's not in the recruiting business, trying to recruit people. He wants his sons and daughters to rise up and be who he called them to be. That's all. Amen. 
But that's powerful because you're a royal princess. Prince. You're royalty. You're royalty of the royalty, actually. So if you rise up, you know, under the anointing and be who he called you to be, there's no stopping you, is there? There's nothing to stop you because there's no time or distance in the spirit realm. God can show you, wants to show you what he sees for you because he sees the whole picture. He sees a big, big vision for you. But you have to see it too. Because if you don't see it, you can't aim for it, can you? David says too many Christians aim at nothing and hit it. And too many Christians are doing this. See, and you can be very busy doing good things and miss the God thing. So I'm assuming you're, you're in the anointing, the Spirit of God is flowing through you, you're not doing it for him, he's flowing through you, that's the idea. Christ in you is ministering, right? I, people ask me, how do I get more anointing? And I say, it's really easy, do less. Do less if you want more anointing. Oh, how do I do that? You know, I tell people, stop, rest, sit at the feet of Jesus, see what he's got for you. You need to quit. Well, how do I do? Do you have a book? Do you have ten steps? What? <laughs> and the hardest thing for people to do is to stop. The hardest thing for Christians to do is to do nothing. Because we're all geared to working at it, you know. So, we've got to quit working at it. And, I want to tell you this this morning. You have... Let me read you these scriptures that God gave me this, when I came in this morning. This is in Romans 5. If when we were enemies we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more being reconciled we're saved by his life. Then it says, but not as the offence, so also is a free gift. For if through the offence of one many be dead, much more by the grace of God, the gift of grace which is, came by one man, Jesus Christ, hath abounded to many. So it's much more, much more. And there's another one in the same chapter. If by one man's offence death reigned by one, much more, much more. They which receive abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness shall reign in life. So, let me tell you something this morning. You have much more. You have much more salvation. There's always much more. So whatever you got, wherever you're at, guess what? There's much more. Because he wants to show you the whole vision that he's got for you and that's much more than what you can see right now. But, see this anointing that's coming now, that's to let you, let you get it. You see, without that anointing, we just see it. It's like um, before I was filled with the Holy Spirit, I could probably out-theologize anybody here. And my pastor was the greatest expository preacher in the world. But it was all in here. When the anointing came into my life, see, the anointing comes to get it out of the book. Right? The anointing comes, the Holy Spirit came to get it out of the book and into your life. So you can say, mine! It's mine! But you know, unless you're convinced, you're not going to get it. Unless you're convinced, unless you settle that in your heart, you won't get it. 
you believe, well, they're more spiritual than me. That lady's much more spiritual than me, so that stuff's for her. But no, it's for everybody. No one has to qualify. It's mine. But you have to settle it, and you have to believe it. Now, this morning, I believe there's people that you have words, you have promises. I believe that there's people here that have been faithful, they've given, they've ministered, they've prayed, they've done what God told them to do. What God told them to do. And guess what? You're due for a harvest. And I think the last time I was here, I had a similar thing that there were people due for a harvest. Well, there's some people here this morning. You're due for a harvest. You are due for a harvest. But let me tell you something. You're going to have to contend a little bit for your harvest. Because the devil is not sitting there saying, well, here you go, just help yourself. You know, um, he doesn't like us to receive the harvest that we're due. And you, there's seasons, you see. So there's seasons where you minister, you give, you do what the Lord tells you to do. But there's always a harvest. Because he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. You see, and there's times when you give, there's times of receiving. Um, how many of you have words promises, visions, dreams, whatever, that you haven't received it yet. The devil does not want you to receive your harvest. Because when you receive the harvest that is yours already, you will get it, do what you need to do, and you will move on to the next thing. Well, guess what? He doesn't want you to move on to the next thing. He wants you to stay here. We've got change on the floor. The angel of change was here. You see, well, change, what does that mean? Change can mean something really huge. The angel of change came to my house, poured oil on everyone for three and a half weeks that came and sat on the sofa. God is anointing people. I believe God is anointing people this morning for change. You have to be anointed for change. You can't just make changes, it's hard. But you have to be anointed for change, then you can receive that word. Maybe you didn't expect that word. Maybe the word says, you know, I want you to move to California. And you're like, what? Well, you have to have an anointing to do that, folks. Otherwise, it'll be hard. Anyway, back to the harvest. How many of you have unsaved family members? Well, when are you going to believe they're saved? When you pray or when you see? That's part of your harvest. Isn't it? You and your house, is that not a promise? That's a promise. Salvation is for you and your house. If your Aunt Mary can go to a spiritualist and your whole family is affected, how much more can they affect, be affected by you who's got the anointing within you? Don't you think that's a bit stronger than some spiritualist? Sure it is. But you have to take something. You have to stand up. See, sometimes we're a bit lazy, aren't we? Oh, we want someone to come and give it us on a plate. And there are times when that happens. But sometimes you have to contend for something. Sometimes you have to do a little warfare. Under the anointing, I might add. I'm serious about that. You, you know, wear yourself out. But um, when, when the children of Israel had battles sometimes with the Philistines... Philistines, whatever you say in America. Philistines. The, the Philistines 
were crafty and they would do something you can read it it's different places in the Bible but sometimes after the battle was over and the people had gone away the Philistines would look around to see if there was any harvest fields and they'd rip off the harvest that someone else had grown so there's I can't find those scriptures now because I've got a new Bible David bought me a new Bible and I can't find anything I mean my old Bible I don't know if you saw it it's all like torn up and this lady really rebuked me said what you, why should, you're a speaker you shouldn't be having a Bible what did you do to your Bible I said I ate it <laughs> so it looked like I'd eaten it actually it was all anyway but there's some instances you see where um, uh, David's mighty men or one of the mighty men I can't remember who it was now he saw that the Philistines were about to gather a field of barley so he stood in the middle of the barley field and he said no you're not going to do this well you know what sometimes we roll over too easy whatever will be will be it's Doris Day theology it's not Holy Ghost theology because it's easier it's easier to let go let somebody take your stuff let the devil have your stuff because you can't bother to get up and fight but I tell you what I believe there's anointing here this morning that will enable you to get up and contend for some things because those Philistines you've got promises you've got harvest but there's a few Philistines out there and they're looking to rip off your harvest so what are you going to do? Okay, whatever. Whatever will be, will be. No, you have to discern. You have to learn to discern when you just let something go. Because it's not, you know. I lost a whole inheritance that way, but God said let it go. Because it blessed my brother. But there's other times when you have to know that's mine. That's my harvest. That's my harvest. No Philistine or devil or thieving spirit is going to get my harvest because it's mine. Now, um, I'll tell you a little story real quick. So I want to show you something about your faith. You have God's faith in you. To every man is given the measure of faith. You have God's faith in you whether you feel like it or not, whether you feel up, down, in or out or whatever, you have God's faith in you. That's what it says. It doesn't jump in and out of you. You know, you may be a bit moody. You may get up one day and you feel great. Had a good night's sleep. Somebody gave you some money. Somebody gave you a good word. So you get up. Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. You call somebody, pray for them, pray for a few sick people, prophesy. Great. But you get up the next day maybe you didn't have a good night maybe somebody said something negative to you so you get up and you're like this and you look in the mirror in the bathroom because you've got that scripture I can do all things through Christ so you're reading this and this voice says you've got to be kidding 
And God says, I want you to call Sister Susie and pray for her. And you say, oh, I need prayer myself. And you're totally useless because all you did was believe how you feel. But you know, nothing changed. Jesus is still King of kings and Lord of lords. The devil's still under your feet. You can still do all things through Christ. You still have power over all the power of the enemy. Because you don't have that because you feel like it. You have it because he said so. So the sooner you realise your feelings have nothing whatsoever to do with what you believe, the better off you'll be. And you won't be going down there because the devil won't bother with you. He's not a dummy. He doesn't come after you to put depression and all kinds of things on you if it doesn't work, does it? If you recognise that spirit of faith doesn't jump in and out of you. So you can still move out in faith whether you feel like it or not. Whether you feel good, bad, up, down, black, white, green, whatever. You've still got God's faith in you, right? You can still move out in faith. You can still say, that's my harvest. I just feel such a sense of these harvest fields that I feel like I feel so strong that someone could just rip it off. You see, you mustn't let that happen because you have to get that harvest because that harvest helps you move on to the next thing. Do you know when prophetic people come around, which there's a lot around this area, it's always to move you on to the next thing. You have to move on to the next thing, but you've got to get your harvest in the meantime. Now, I have some friends in Florida. This was a few years ago. They just got saved. They got saved in my meeting filled with the Holy Spirit. And one of them, the mom, she was married to this guy who was a multi-millionaire. She'd been married to him for a long time, helped him build all his businesses, blah, blah, blah. Well, little by little, unbeknown to her, she'd, he'd been squirreling away all the money, left $1,000 in her bank account and served divorce papers. You see? So... I mean, this is a long story, but I'm putting it real short. It turned out her lawyer, who was a wimp, and was totally intimidated by her husband's lawyer, and the judge, and the sheriff, who were all in, they were all Freemasons, they were all in that little brotherhood thing. So they all rose up against her, and the lawyer who just gave in, because he was too scared of them. And they told her, there's nothing that you can do. We're going to give you another $1,000 and everything belongs to him and you need to sign these papers. So she got so intimidated, the sheriff serves this paper thing from, I don't know how it all works, you know, but I, I just know what happened because they're emailing me, what should we do, what should we do? They only just got filled with the Holy Ghost. But they got a revelation of faith, the daughter did. So they tried to, the sheriff came to make her sign this paper so she, you know, she said, well, shall I sign it, shall I sign it? And the daughter, Jill, she said, no! We're not going to do this! That's half yours. You worked for that too! So she didn't sign it. They had a court session. Everyone rose up against her. Her lawyer quit because the other guys made him quit. And they said, there's nothing you can do. I shouldn't, I do. all the Christians were writing to her. 
Why, just forget it. Turn the other cheek, you know. There's a time to turn the other cheek and there's a time to say no! Sorry. I I like this church because they don't mind if women shout. They're all Jewish too, you know. So they, anyway, there's another court, no, she can't get anything. There's nothing she can do, that's what they all said. It's already decided. So they wrote to me, I don't, you know, I'm not a lawyer, but sometimes the Lord tells me things. And I said, you know what, I don't think that judge has any authority to do that. He can't just do that. So they went, to cut a long story short, they got another lawyer this lawyer was a bit better he at least stood up to them you know a little bit but they served another paper and Jill by this she was like seven months pregnant so they served this paper in the office and it said if you don't sign this paper you're going to be put in jail tomorrow that's how bad it was and and Jill started to miscarry the baby because it was such a shock Jill rushed to the hospital Anita, the mother, goes to the hospital and says, just forget this, it's not worth it. You know, it's not worth all this hazard. He can just have everything. So Jill sits up in the hospital bed and says, no! (laughs) We're not going to do this! So Anita's like, whoa. The baby's okay. Delivered early, but the baby's fine. And they went back into court. And... They threw Jill out of the court because she got in there early and she's praying over all the seats. And, you know, so they threw her out in the street. Told the, you know, she's not allowed back in this building, so she's out in the street, walking up and down, praying in tongues, you know. And uh, the mum, Anita's more intimidated than Jill, but she's in the court and eventually she's on the stand, but they wouldn't let her speak. Like, the the husband's lawyer wouldn't let her speak. Every time she tried to explain something, he just cut her off. He was saying, look at all these checks you've given to these uh, religious people. What is all this? So she said, it's money I gave to different ministries because I got saved and filled with her. And they just cut her off. So suddenly out in the street, this anointing came on Jill. She started weeping. She said she didn't feel like weeping. She was mad. <laughs> and in the courtroom... Suddenly, at the same time, Anita, these tears started falling down her face. She said she didn't know where it came from because she didn't feel that way at all. She just frustrated and mad at everybody because they wouldn't let her speak. But when the judge saw the tears, he said, everybody shut up. Leave her alone and let her say whatever it is she wants to say. And nobody speak till she's finished. So she gives her whole testimony. How she got saved how she got delivered, how she got filled with the Holy Ghost, how she spoke in tongues, how some people got healed, how she gave this money to help. And she saw the angels over the court building and, you know, she's going on and on there. She said, I thought I only might get one shot. So she tells them everything. She tells them about the demons that left and the, you know. And she said, when she finished, she said, well, that's it. And it was just this dead silence, you know. And the judge said, well, I think I made a mistake. 
said, I think I made a mistake. And he said to the husband, you give her half of everything and I'll have those accounts checked. She can have the house, $2 million house. She can have the house and the Mercedes and you can get your computer and your computer desk. He said, that's it. Then the judge said, does anybody have anything to say? So her lawyer, Anita's lawyer, walked over to the husband's lawyer and he said, well, I just want to tell you this, you better be careful because Jesus might be the Messiah. Now listen, she'd blessed so many ministries. You know, she's not interested in living a high life, but she had some millions of dollars. She just blessed everybody that she came into contact with. It was awesome. So many people got released to go places over that. But that was a hard battle, folks. I'm telling you in a few minutes. But it was a war. It was warfare. Ten times she had an opportunity just to quit. You know what I, I was thinking in Ephesians? You know, you talk about the armour. You take the shield of faith and the sword of the spirit and, you know, and you... And then it says, having done all, sit down and have a rest. Yeah. It says, having done all, stand. Oh my gosh, what? Stand. stand. You did all that and now you've got to Stand. What about having a break? You have a Holy Ghost break. You know, that's why you have to get drunk in the spirits. You can't do all this stuff. You know, you'll get too intense, won't you? You'll frighten everybody. <laughs> intense people scare me. Anyway, it's like people that come up to you and say, I feel like I want to get to know you. And you think, what's that mean? You know? You come into my house? What? <laughs> Have you ever had that happen? Somebody comes to your house that you don't really know and say, I feel like I'm, I've come to get to know you. <laughs> and you're sitting there like, uh, okay. Um. Anyway, <laughs> that's happened to you, hasn't it? Would you like a cup of coffee? Uh, So they had ten opportunities to let that go. When you stand up to contend for something, whether it's your family, your finances, you do have, some of you do have a financial harvest to reap. God is doing that right now, folks. How many of you, you got a blessing? You got a tax break, someone gave you some money, something you got a financial blessing, and then everything goes wrong. Car breaks down, washing machine breaks down. How many of you had that happen? Do you think that's a coincidence?
you have many opportunities to let some things go but you know what I think God wants to release something I think he wants to release your family because it's time you don't want to be in this revival do you and your family's still outside we were in a revival our family's outside we said God we can't have this we're in this revival and our family's still sitting out there observing thinking it's interesting and the Lord said when are you going to believe they're saved when you pray or when you see because my word says when you pray wait and see and if it happens then believe it the word says when you pray believe so we said okay we'll pray one more time my dad died when I was a kid so we thought we'll start with our parents I said we pray for my mum David's dad he's a little Jewish guy David's mum and we received their salvation because it says when you pray believe and by faith I see their names in your book and it was I never prayed for them ever again because it was done when you get it you get it it's over you don't keep praying for something you receive do you you don't keep praying. So we started, we, they were saved. As far as we were concerned, they were saved. It was done. That's our harvest. That's our family. They were saved. See, it's done when you pray and when you receive it. Your finances today, your family, whatever it is, your harvest field, you have to receive it and contend over it in the spirit, but don't keep asking for it. Don't keep asking God to do it. You get hold of it. Understand? You get hold of it. Now I want to just tell you what happened real quick. Because we received that, it's over. We talked to them like they were saved. We just treated them like they were saved. Because they were saved as far as I was concerned. They were saved. David's little Jewish dad, he sat up in bed in the middle of the night a few weeks later. He was fast asleep. He had his hands in the air because David's mum told us and he was saying Jesus my Messiah when he woke up he was saved as could be (laughs) he met Jesus in his sleep loved Jesus got baptised in the bath the next day was at every meeting he loved God but he was saved when we prayed understand he was saved when we prayed that was just the manifestation that was just the manifestation he was saved when we prayed. David's mom, little Catholic lady, she could never see any need because she's so, such a nice, good person. You know, so we were a bit nuts. But she hurt her shoulder, so we took her to a healing meeting. She didn't mind going because it was in the town hall, it wasn't in a church. Well, her shoulder got healed. So she thought, well, maybe there's something in this. She went forward, got saved. But she was saved when we prayed. Understand? That was just the manifestation. That was just the manifestation. The last thing was a different, a little different. My mom. My mom's this very proper English lady. Extremely proper. I never heard my mother raise her voice my entire life. Not because she didn't get mad, but it wasn't ladylike. When I met David, he bought me a Bible for my birthday. 
I don't know if you can understand this, she was very offended. Very offended. Because she thought he was saying she didn't bring me up properly because I had to have a Bible. And only sinners needed a Bible, like if you were in jail or something. (laughs) She was so upset. Mind you, when she saw me underlining scripture, she said, oh, you shouldn't write in that book. It's a holy book. But we went to see her after we received her salvation. See, something shifts in the spirit when you really receive something. Something shifts. And those devils, they know it. So when we went to see her, we talked to her like she was saved. Suddenly this thing rose up. Have you ever been in a church that's full of really nice, sweet people? And then you had a move of the spirit? And they go... And you think, where did that come from? Oh, it was there all the time. (laughs) Just nothing ever disturbed it before. Holy Spirit shows up, he begins to disturb a few things. Your boat might begin to rock a little bit, you know. Whoa! We didn't know this was going to happen. Pastor? There's strange acts coming, believe me. You better decide now if you're going to go with the flow or try and work it out when it happens. <laughs> By the time you work it out, be, you know, it's all moved on and you're left there sitting there. So, what happened then? Okay, so we went to see her. She started screaming at me. Because this thing rose up. It's just screaming and yelling. And I'm like in shock. I've never seen her, my mother raise her voice. She never ever called me Kathy. It's Kathy. She wouldn't allow anyone to call me Kathy. It's Kathy. She had a scream and she said, Get out of the house! And I'm not going to visit you when you're put in some mental hospital. Just get out! We're like, Whoa. <laughs> but I went down the garden path saying, Thank you, Lord, I know she's saved. She just doesn't realise it. (laughs) It was true. She was saved. I knew she was saved. She just didn't realise. Well, she wouldn't let us go to the house, but she'd call me on the phone. You know, that spirit was rising up. She'd been to some spiritist meetings, but I didn't know that. So she'd, she'd call me on the phone. When she heard my voice, she couldn't stand the sound of my voice. It wasn't her, it was that thing. So she, I'd say, hi, you know, and she screamed down the phone at me. I'd say, Jesus loves you, and she'd slam the phone down. And I'd say, well, I know she's saved. After about five weeks, she called me on a Saturday, and she didn't scream. She sounded kind of normal. Oh, it's like shock, so I've got the phone out here. <laughs> How are you? I'm fine. How are you? What's up? She said, well, I don't know what to do tomorrow which was Sunday. I said, well, maybe you could go to a movie. You shouldn't go to movies on Sundays. I said, okay. Maybe there's something on the TV. It's just rubbish, rubbish on the TV. They went through this thing in England years ago when they tried to have everything real. Anybody English here? They wanted to be real. 
they had all these newscasters with like butt teeth and warts. <laughs> it was really weird. You never heard the news because you're, you know, you're focusing the, <laughs> looking at the wart. They quit that, but <laughs> it's very odd. Oh, I can still see those pictures. I need to get them erased. (laughs) Okay, so anyway, my mum. Okay, so I said, well, you know, maybe you could visit your sister. I'm I'm tired of talking to her because she talks about people all the time. And I nearly said, what, by herself? But I didn't say that. I said, well, you know, I really don't know what to suggest. She said, well, I thought I might come to your meeting. So I thought, well, it's not going to be that easy because you just made my life hell. But I knew what she was thinking of church, you know what I mean? She was thinking of church as we're going to sing a few hymns and have a little message. So I was a bit worried about that. I said, listen, I don't know if you would like it because it was pretty wild. I don't know if you'd like it. She is so English, you know. She said, don't tell me what I'd like. Who do you think you are? You're not me. You don't know what I'd like. I said, why? I'm sorry, you know. I just want you to know. Uh, And I was thinking about how it was, and I thought, I don't know if you really understand it. She said, no, you're insulting my intelligence. And now you just think I'm stupid, you know. So I said, no, no, no. Anyway, I said, I'd love you to come, Mom. It's just not church like you think. Just not as long as you understand that. We'd love you to come. So I arranged for someone to pick her up. At that time, we had lots of house meetings. We had these people crammed into our houses, you know, all over the place, up the stairs, hanging out the windows. It was pretty wild. We never knew what was going to happen. So I'm in the kitchen having this discussion with God. I said, Now, look, God, my mother's coming to this meeting. And so was this other lady. She was one of the queens lady-in-waiting, she was even more proper than my mom. I said, now look, my, my mother's coming to this meeting and this other lady's coming to the meeting and you know we need to just have a nice little meeting. <laughs> and we don't need anything wild. But he didn't answer. It's always a bit scary, isn't it, when God doesn't respond. <laughs> You're just hoping desperately, you know, he got it or something. So like, anyway, they came. There's chairs all up here in the living room, all through there, which is another room in the dining room, up the stairs, everywhere, people hanging out the windows. So my mum sat here, the other lady sat there. And in the beginning of the meeting, you know, I'm saying, God, now, listen, we just need a nice meeting, you know, nice songs, few songs, and somebody can give a nice little message. So we sang this song, it was great, nice, they, nice. But suddenly the anointing hit this missionary lady, there wasn't food to split this end of the room and lifted her in the air and she flew through the air past my mom <laughs> into the other room and landed on her back. So I thought, maybe they didn't see that. <laughs> but they did because they're going... <laughs> So I said, look, God, that's it, okay? <laughs> that's it. I really was saying this, and that's it. 
don't do any more wild stuff. <laughs> well, we sang another song. This guy gets up, looks a bit like you. He had this word of knowledge. My mom got up. The other lady got up. And I'm like, you know, he just needs to pray a nice little prayer. Well, he put his hands on them and he prayed for them. And my mum goes flying this way. The other lady goes flying this way. Both landed on their backs. Very undignified. Very improper. And after a while they got up and they said, they came and they said, could we get baptised in the bath? But she was saved when we prayed. That was just the manifestation. Understand? That was just the manifestation. You get it when you pray and then you don't let go. And that's how you contend for your barley field. Don't let it go. It doesn't matter what you see. You know what? When I received my mum's salvation, I saw the exact opposite the next day. Didn't I? Every reaction was the total opposite of what I just received. So when you get something in your spirit, you can't go by what you see. You can't go by what you hear. Totally irrelevant. Totally irrelevant. Everything has to do with what you believe. Everything, everything, everything has to do with what you believe. Because if you believe the wrong things, what's going to happen? You're going to get the wrong things. My, my main burden, if you can call it a burden, this revival that's coming, is I want people to get their mindsets changed. So I don't want something to pass by again, and then they're still the same, because they've still got the same mindsets. I understand? You've got to let God change all that. You don't have to qualify for anything. You don't have to earn anything. You don't have to deserve every, anything. Jesus qualified you 100%. You can't unqualify. How can you unqualify? Whew. It's like a fire. Whoa. He's got, he's got some things to receive. He's got some barley fields. Who's got some barley fields? Anybody got any barley fields? Nobody's got any barley fields. I've got a real uh, Bali, Bali field. <laughs> what did you think I said? What did you? Th- what were you thinking? Holy water. Well, come on, be, what did you think I said? You guys are bad. 
You're bad. Jeff, I'm not one of those sensitive people. <laughs> okay. Change it. The angel's got wine. Another angel has finances which I prayed over that. You can receive that too. You have to have those finances, you know, because you've got things to do. You've got places to go. I told you last time about Rover. I'm glad I didn't see Rover today. It just came and went, you know, the little poverty spirit that you bring to church every Sunday. Oh, Rover, there's someone sitting in our seat. Bite them. But, you know, we made a mistake last time because, you remember, we sent Rover to the pound. But I discovered something. If you send him to the pound, Rover's the little poverty spirit, okay, in case you don't understand. But we sent Rover to the pound. Do you remember that, anybody? When I was here, we sent Rover to the pound. But I discovered something. If you do that, some Christian will go and get him out again. So, what? No, you have to shoot him. Covered in fleas anyway. He's got fleas. Fleas are religious spirits. Actually, I can smell flea dip. I can smell flea dip. You know, the, the dark, the dip. I can smell that. I can. I can smell flea, like flea dip up here. No, but you know what that is? That's something spiritual. That means, I believe, this morning, when we're through in a little bit, you can walk across here and the religious things clinging on you will get washed off. Yeah. the flea dip. little religious mindsets that block you from receiving your harvest. It's alright to do that in a minute. I know you don't care. <laughs> you don't care. I love him because he doesn't care. That's what God's looking for, you see. He's looking for leaders who'll let him allow him and allow God to move on the body. The stars I had in my hands just talking about everybody. You know, we're all stars, aren't we? The moon, which is the church, reflects the light of the sun. But the individual stars do too. So, so I'm a star. I'm a star. 
It's true. Everybody gets to be the star of the show. The one man ministry thing is over. That's why you have to prosper. Okay, um, I'm going to pray and I'm gonna, we're going to do a flea dip. <laughs> okay, let me just pray. Um, first of all, stand up right now. Not everybody, wait a minute. <laughs> if you know you're due for a harvest and you have a harvest field. Okay, well you'll set up anyway. <laughs> okay. What I want you to do, just close your eyes, chill out. Wait on the chairs one sec. Chill out. Just get your attention on Jesus. Lord, I bind the spirit of poverty in Jesus' name and I bind the spirit of the thief. I bind that Philistine spirit that is a thief that rips off people's barley. That's B-A-R-L-E-Y. Barley field. You're a liar and you're a thief and a robber and I take authority over you right now. But listen guys, you've got to stand up. You've got to say no. Say, devil, get lost. Okay, thank you, Lord. I bind that spirit of the thief. Father, I just pray this morning you will release releasing people that anointing to stand up and, and take their harvest, not just to stand there and roll over. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for that anointing. I can see it. It's there, you just got to get it. Mine! Mine, mine! Okay. Now, while you're going through the flea dip and coming across here, you're also walking through change. Right? If you can't see it, the back, there's all change on the floor and we dance through change. But you get to walk through change at the same time. How about that? And then just walk. That is a double dip. You get a change dip and a play dip. So somehow start around there. You know, can, can you say something a bit jumpy? Because they need to dance. You've got to dance. You have to dance through the change and dance through the collegiate. Thank you, Lord. Elijah Mosley. Yeah, they've got to dance. Come on, no, what? They've got to dance. 
fortune. You are all I want. 